welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this live uh, mentoring call. And I'm also recording this as a episode of my podcast, the Service Combination Property Podcast. I'm joined on the call by Martin. Uh, hi, Martin. Good afternoon, Kevin. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Okay, so this is how this is going to roll, everybody. Some of you will be watching this live. Um, I'm putting it out on my social media and also into certain groups. Um, what we're going to do is a, a live mentoring call with Martin, and which is also going to go out on my podcast, The Service Combination Property Podcast. And so anyone who is watching this live or watching this on replay on the different social media platforms, by all means, you can put your comments into the uh, comments uh, boxes. And what I'll do, any questions that you've got to observations, I will come back afterwards and, um, and answer those in the chat. In the meantime, what we're going to do is just a, a mentoring session with Martin, who's going to be asking me his SA questions. And, um, and as I've said, that is being recorded as we speak and will go out on my podcast as a podcast episode. Okay, so Martin, um, would you just like to explain your um, current circumstances and ultimately what you would like help with today? Um, thank you very much. My So my current situation, I've been doing uh, um, short-term rentals SA for the, for the last 18 months, having attended your, your excellent course in... Uh, in, in uh, progressive property um and that's developed and um just gone through some sort of structural changes and, and the first thing i wanted to ask you is that i've got a, a mix of properties uh buy to sa rent to sa but one of the properties is owned outright by my brother um and your view on moving that uh into the holding company or leaving as is it's currently owned by your brother, and what and what is the plan with that to turn that into serviced accommodation? Correct. Okay, um, great. Well, normally my advice on this type of situation is is that there's no need to do anything with it in terms of its owning uh, structure. Uh, the advice that an awful lot of people default to when uh, from these days is to move properties into a limited company um, in order to avoid um, section 24 tax so that you can offset mortgage interest against it and and even even when section 24 isn't an issue quite a, uh, quite often um, people still seem to think that everybody needs to be operating and owning a property in a limited company these days and yes, that sometimes is the best scenario. But when it comes to service combination, not not necessarily. I said it depends. So ultimately, 
unless an accountant tells you otherwise and a knowledgeable accountant uh, who understands your brothers and and your circumstances based on your joint venture together moving forward um my advice is that you can just leave it alone um in its current state it's owned by your brother as a as a sole trader right yeah, yeah. and so ultimately yeah you you would be able to raise finance on that property does it have a mortgage on it already yes it does um and um, but is there any headroom in there would you be able to raise more money against it uh yes great so yeah you can just do that um and get a uh, a mortgage a refinance mortgage on the property in in his own name uh which is ultimately cheaper than than uh, you know limited company mortgages anyway uh because the property is going to be used as service accommodation, 100% of the mortgage interest will be able to be offset against the service accommodation income because the, the activity um, that you're going to be um, engaged in with the property is a trading activity. It's service accommodation is trading. It's not investment income with buy to let and HMO is investment. And that's section 24 affects that activity. So, th so that's good news. Uh, so no need to try and you know incorporate a lot of people you know fall into the trap of wanting to incorporate they've got to pay capital gains they've got to pay stamp and all of that stuff or long-winded situations where you can sort of get incorporation relief further down the line but you, you don't need to do that with this particular property you can use it as service accommodation now um and then the other thing to consider is the capital allowances because if, if you're happy sharing what tell me about the property how what's the, the value of it um you know how, how much if it was sold today would, would it sell for it's a two-bed flat um it was purchased for 168,000. um it's in a a block of uh five flats um there's a couple of others that are also run as sa within the within the building and and, and that is that is permitted um so yeah all good yeah so 30 40 grand's worth of capital allowances there um which effectively for those people listening in means that um all of the the qualifying plant and machinery in the property that is now effectively being used um for the serviced accommodation use or furnished holiday let use effectively it is actually a holiday let um you know it just gets called serviced accommodation by the you know the industry Effectively, you're going to be operating the, the property as a holiday let. doesn't matter where the property is or what it looks like or anything like that. It's how the property is being used as a short-term rental, effectively. Um, and then, so therefore, the, the kitchen, the bathroom, the, the boiler, the wiring, the radiators, all of those things become plant and machinery, which uh, create a capital allowance. So effectively, the, the way this works is the replacement uh the, the cost of replacing all of that plant and machinery, the the, uh, the the cost of that, if it were to be done, creates the capital allowance, and effectively it creates a loss that you can write, you, you, it's, uh, that you can um, offset against your income. So let's say you've got forty grand's worth of capital allowances, which is would cost you forty grand to replace all of the, that plant and machinery. Effectively, what that means is you can now earn forty grand tax free. And the reason why it's pretty cool that it's owned in your brother's own name is he can offset those capital allowances against his personal income. 
So if he's a higher rate taxpayer, he's literally going to uh, be able to earn you know, 40 grand tax free from the income from against the uh, from the service accommodation property. Whereas if a property is owned in a limited company, then the limited company offsets the corporation tax against the capital allowance. So you actually would save 19 grand currently of, you know, uh, tax or 19 percent, I beg your pardon, uh, in tax. But then the money still sat in the limited company. And to get that money out, you've got to pay, you know, tax at your personal income tax rate, whether that be dividend or, or you know, otherwise or salary, etc. Um, so it's better in a multiple in, in lots and lots of uh, reasons and lots and lots of ways for it to stay in your brother's own name if it's now going to be used as service combination and there's there's if it, the property gets sold later on there's no clawback of the capital allowances as long as it was claimed correctly um if you turn it into a, a buy to let in the future there's no clawback of the capital allowances because you know it would, they were claimed legitimately um and so my advice unless an accountant points out some significant um, scenarios that are worth considering is to uh, leave it in your own name or leave it in his own name. Brilliant. That's great. Thank you very much indeed. Um, I also wanted to ask, I mean, I'm based in the, in the Southwest. Um, I've, I've properties in, in Plymouth like you and, uh, and now in Torquay um, and looking to expand over the whole southwest in, in in the coming years and i just want to ask your opinion on management company or continuing to do that management uh myself uh and your thoughts on that yeah um so it's either or for me it's either you create your own sa management company in which you put all of the systems in place, you know, your own payment um, system, you know, your merchant account, your own channel manager, your own cleaning team, your own laundry company, um, you know, your, 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 uh, your trades, people to every, everyone that's needed in, in the business. You, you, you know, you've got um, uh, an, an accountant, a broker, you've got all, all of the team in, in place. And so that's great, and you can scale your your service combination business to however large you wish to. Um, typically, going into service combination management as a uh, you know in in order to grow, uh, as opposed to rent to SA and purchase to SA. Service combination management uh, you're able to scale um, as large as you want to scale. You know, literally hundreds of properties you could scale to. Um, and so that's if you are going to set yourself up and wish to go down that route. Other than that, I'm all in favor of leveraging other people's SA management teams. Um, and so what you could do is um, just decide to find a great SA management company in your uh, location. So you mentioned Plymouth and Torquay. They do exist there. Um, so what you could do is literally outsource the management to to those people and therefore you won't need as many of your own systems in place. So the, a great way of um, doing due diligence on them. I mean, you've done um, you know, my training, so you're able to do your own due diligence on on the property, uh, but also to do your due diligence on the essay management company as well. A great way of doing that is to go onto Google, um, look up short term rentals look up um, uh, holiday let uh, property, look up service accommodation, just type those different things into Google. And effectively, what you're aiming to find is a local service accommodation management company. So 
uh, holiday lets talkie, holiday let management talkie, um, short-term rental management talkie, whatever it may be. Uh, go and have a look at uh, their website. If they've got quite a few, then all good. Find the exact same properties, though, on Booking.com and Airbnb and look at the average of review score there. Don't take any attention or pay any attention to the uh, reviews that they're putting on their own website. Go and look to see how well they're being managed. Um, and the, the reviews that you will see on Booking.com and Airbnb will give you that information. So if they've got quite a few, then above eight and a half on Booking.com, above four and a half on Airbnb um, will we'll be a good benchmark. And um, so then that's going to give you a warm, fuzzy feeling that they're 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 managing well for other people so that they will also manage well for you. And then you can go and see them and say, look, if I were to bring you more property, where would it be? What would it look like? What would earn you and therefore me the most money? And then they will give you their, their knowledge and experience to help you scale um, creating a win-win situation. Brilliant. That, that, that's great. Thank you very much. Um, f- from a social media point of view, I know that um, – you know, I certainly haven't been as proactive as I I could be. So this is a, a sort of great opportunity to start start with. But over the last eighteen months or so, I've built up a great uh, guest list, um, and I just wanted to ask, you know, sort of best ways to try and use that list, um, you know, with updates, news, or, or or something else, without bombarding people with, you know, lots of rubbish. Um, do you mean um, a guest list that you could – so with your guest list, the best way of, of creating your own guest list is is your guests you are, with permission, capturing their, their email. Correct, yeah. And you're able to retarget them on, on email. Yeah, great. Um, so ultimately, um, you know, GDPR compliant, you know, you've got their permission to, to make them offers in the future – and so that's when when we go back to being able to do meet and greets, that's a good thing to do, meeting your guests. Um, so a couple of things on being able to meet guests is quite often they will be, especially with the contractors and trades, they will only be booking for the first four nights usually. They turn up on a Monday after work. They leave Friday morning and go home. Um, but actually their contract is lasting for six months, uh, their job but they tend to want to check the place out first before booking for longer. So when you when you uh, initially get these contractor bookings in, you definitely need to be asking, how long are you in town for, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, you may, might not be able to accommodate them in that property, your current property, because you might have other bookings, but it gives you the opportunity to maybe book them into other properties or, do you know what, go and source more properties because they might say, well, we we get this a lot. There's, there's loads of us. There's, there's about 30 of us and we're all in town and everyone's dotted around all over the place and we're here for the next six months. And, that, and six months always turns into seven, eight, nine, ten months. Uh, so guess what? Go and get some more properties to be able to accommodate these guys and you've literally got no voids and, and just hit the ground running. So that's, that's something that um, definitely should happen to your guests. How long are you here for, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Can we help? Because clearly they've booked via Airbnb and Booking.com but you can be offering them a discount to book direct through to your website and you can, you know, booking.com commission, you'll pay is 15%. So you've got 15% to play with in order to get them to book with you direct. So that's incentivizing direct long bookings. And then what you can be doing is uh, capturing all of your guests um, email addresses and be offering them um, special offers and direct 
direct booking discounts and things like that moving forward just so that um you, because people forget clearly uh but when they when there is a time for them to come back to your town and your city you will be they will remember because they've recently had some marketing from you and then they will just go to their email find you book via your website instead of the default which is going into booking.com which is the the which is the mistake most people allow to happen people defaulting to booking.com airbnb you want to be um uh, uh you want to be um in their memory bank and recently having seen seen some marketing from you social media um yeah absolutely a cool way of doing of this is an example so we are doing a social media post um, um this is going out on facebook on uh my youtube channel it's going out as a podcast episode and so i'm currently mentoring you at the minute martin and so i said let's do it let's uh let's hit the ground running and let's um let's do something that um puts your message out to the world that you are here and you're looking to scale and grow your service combination business and it's really really important because it can bring you properties it can bring you uh, joint venture finance it can bring you joint venture partners um etc 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 but you've got to put your message out there to give people the opportunity to reach out to you uh, so a cool way of marketing on social media is by offering put a post out you've got your new listing um, put a post out saying um, I'm offering a free weekend break. These are the alter these are the dates available. Um, to enter the competition to win a free weekend break, you need to like, share, and comment. Yes, please. So there's three things that are going to boost the algorithm of that post, and then all of the people's um, feeds that it drops into because the friends of friends of friends and friends it pops into their feed because somebody is liked, commented, and shared then guess what? The call to action is still the same. Like, comment, share. So literally these posts can go viral. And then what you'll find, and, and clearly the link to your website is in the post. And so people might think, well, I'm not going to wait until this place is fully booked up for the summer. I'm going to go in and book it now. Okay. And so you can be getting bookings that way. And then ultimately when it comes down to it, you decide out of all the likes, shares and comments who wins the competition and uh, boom, then, then you just reach out to them and say, okay, great, you won, you won the competition. Um, and then again, whilst they're staying in your property, you could say, would it be okay if uh, we come and um, interview you and, and, and tell us what you like uh, about the property? You know, and so you could do that. That's more social media as well. And, it, and it's showing a, a video inside your property and, and, and you know, they can be saying what they've got up to, et cetera, et cetera. So that could be part of the competition. If you're willing to, to um, for us to inter interview you at the property and, and show us around, then, then great. So that hopefully that's given you some ideas on getting some social media content, Martin, as well. That, that, that is really helpful. It's great advice. And, um, you know, with this as a kickstart, uh, just have to say, watch this space. There's going to be more going out. So, so thank you. Uh, and, and the last question I wanted to ask you was, actually, I'm really, really keen to look at the apart, apartment hotel model and uh, get involved with that and just your thoughts, um, having experience there and uh, any tips you'd, you'd um, you pass on 
So I'm thinking Torquay. Wasn't Faulty Towers in Torquay? <laughs> yeah, um, yes, I'm not sure. I, yeah, not, not that I, I wasn't thinking quite like that. But um, you yeah. know, Flowery Twats. Wasn't it, wasn't it when someone messed about with the name of Faulty Towers and called it Flowery Twats or something like that <laughs> once on one of the episodes? All right, but ultimately, <laughs> um, so yeah, the um, taking a guest house, B&B, hotel, and turning it into an apart hotel. Yeah, I, I mean, do you know what? I've never been more excited about property um, than I am now because of this model. Um, so ultimately, yeah, people uh, find themselves in a situation with guest house B&Bs where they would sell if they could, but they can't. Um, they've, not, they've been operating below the VAT threshold of 85,000. So it makes it virtually impossible for someone to buy that property off them with a commercial loan. Uh, because the commercial lender wants to see the trading history and their, their trading history that they're able to produce does not support any level of funding. And so then they they, they think, well, okay, um, I'll try and sell it to someone to buy it as a, as a residence and turn it back into a, a dwelling, a, a, you know, a, 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 a normal primary residence dwelling. Uh, but... You can't do that either because it's a C1 commercial property. And so the, the, the residential lenders won't, won't lend against the property either. So literally they find themselves in a situation where they would have to accept a cash offer. And obviously that creates a situation where people are only willing to offer a, a, a small amount of money. Um, uh, but the really cool thing is, is that understanding different tools of the toolbox here, you could literally take a property like that on a, a lease purchase option. And ultimately you could agree the, the purchase price, but at a later date, uh, give, let them go because they want out. You know, they've, they thought in their 50s and 60s it was a good idea to start running a guest house B&B and then they're in their 60s, 70s, 80s and they want out. Um, so they get to go and then you actually should be sourcing or looking for a really tired, dated guest house B&B because you're going to have to do a complete gut job anyway to turn it into an apartment hotel with, new wiring, fire alarm system, um, central heating system, all of the all of the bathrooms en suite with proper, uh, you know, n normal um, toilet facilities, no Saniflow, macerating toilets and all that stuff where you that you often find in these places. So yeah, you you can take the keys, do the refurb. You can raise private finance to do the refurb. But the great thing is, is that you're going to significantly increase the value of the property and you haven't bought it yet. You then get it valued at its new value, um, refurbed value. So you've got a Rick's survey, Rick surveyor's valuation report saying it's worth. So let's say you've got the option to buy it for 200, but now done up nicely, it's worth 500,000. You've now got a survey report saying it's worth 500,000. You then use that to go and raise the 200,000 to buy it. So, so far, all you've needed to do is finance the refurb. Now you can use the uh, valuation report to buy it. And then once you've bought it, you can then finance again or refinance again later on, depending on the lender, based on the commercial value, which is going to be significantly higher again. Because let's say you've taken a, uh, a guest house B&B that's got 10 letting rooms currently, but now, because you don't need, because it's an apartment hotel, you can, you're basically creating studio rooms by putting tiny little uh, kitchenette into each ensuite room. So you've now got studio rooms. So now when people are booking you on Airbnb and Booking.com, they're, they're expecting a self-contained unit. They don't expect breakfast. 
So now, all of a sudden, you don't need the owner's accommodation, the lounge, the dining room, the kitchen. You convert that into studio rooms as well. So you turn 10 into 15. Now, the commercial value is huge. The night rates have gone up significantly as well. So you can easily quadruple the commercial value and then refinance against that commercial value right. and get all of your money back out of the deal. And you've now got 15 studio apartments in one building instead of scattered around all around Torquay and the economies of scale that that entails. So that's why I'm very excited about this model. Fantastic. Thank you. That, 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 that is brilliant advice. And that, that, uh, um, gives me more than enough to uh, uh, keep me going. So thank you very much for answering those and, and helping me out on the on the journey forward. It's, yeah, really appreciate it, Kevin. Thank you. You're very welcome indeed, Martin. So yeah, um, hopefully that um, uh, was useful for everybody listening in today. Anyone listening in on the uh, the podcast, uh, you can reach out to me on my social media. Just uh, search uh, the Property Soldier, and you can ask me any any uh, follow up questions. Anything that you want me to cover in a future podcast episode, that's always good. It gives me some. Uh, it's very easy for me if people reach out to me and can you talk about X, Y, and Z. You know, it might be rent to SA or whatever it may be. Uh, so that that's fine. Reach out to me. Anyone watching this on social media, you know, Facebook, YouTube, etc., um, then uh, type in the comments any questions that you've got, and I will come back afterwards and answer those questions. Uh, so I will finish this uh, podcast episode and this Facebook live uh, by. Um, in fact, I'm going to let uh, Martin uh, say cheerio to everybody before I wrap up uh, this particular episode. So over to you, Martin. Um, yeah, just a, a huge thank you to you and uh, you and Caroline for a fantastic day that I had today. It's been it's been awesome. Thank you for inviting me on um, and wishing everyone well. And uh, thanks very much. Yeah, no. So yeah, as Martin was saying, um, we're actually I'm, I'm running a mentoring uh, session uh, today. One of the things that Martin said is, um, uh, and I agree, need to um, increase the social media output. So I said, right, that's fine. Let's go. Let's jump on. Uh, and do a podcast episode and bring it out to thousands of people on, on social media at the same time, as well as the thousands of download listens. Um, so actually, Martin, no, whilst we're on the subject, but if people were to reach out to you, what is the name of your um, service accommodation operating company? And um, if anyone wants to reach out to you in terms of joint ventures or, or whatever it may be, how would they do that? Um, the, the, the easiest way, the company is called Pure B. The website is www.purebee.co.uk. Um, please reach out to me, Martin. I'd be really interested to hear from anyone who, who's looking at joint ventures, who's doing sourcing. Um, I'm looking at both uh, buy to SA and rent to SA and, and open up to uh, lots of opportunities that I know that are out there. So thank you. Thank you for that shout out. That is really, really kind and appreciated. You're very welcome, Martin. I'm here to help. Um, Pure B spelled P-U-R-E, then just the letter B on its own. Yep, correct. Thank you. Fantastic. So hopefully that was useful for everybody. Here's to your service accommodation success. And remember, your future needs you. Take care, everybody. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. 
You can also follow me on social media and YouTube by searching The Property Soldier. Also check out my website, www.propertysoldier.co.uk, where you can learn even more about property investing and serviced accommodation. 